Good morning and welcome to HealthWorks. This is Carol Kanayer, Community Health Manager at Way Memorial Hospital. Well, Happy New Year. It's January 1st, 2023. Um, well, we're not going to definitely recap 2022 when we talk about the whole year, but today's guest um, I have Jim Petnato. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Carol. And for those of you that may not know, uh, Jim Petnato is the CEO of Way Memorial Hospital. And, and Jim, correct me if I'm wrong, it's been one year since you've taken over the reign, right? It, it has. <laughs> and it's been a really fast year when I sit here now. And uh, I think we were commenting before uh, the session began today is uh, it's getting to a point now where I you know, have to claim I'm no longer the new guy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but it's going to be one year on January 1st. Right, right. As CEO, because you've been with Way Memorial Hospital, right, since? Uh, since 1999. I had right. a year or two off in the middle of that stay, but uh-huh. uh, now I started here in 1999. So, yeah, quite a few years. Eh? Right, right. So, you know, I said we're not going to recap the year for the whole world, but we are definitely going to talk a little bit about Way Memorial Hospital, correct? Absolutely. Um. So, you know, can you share with our listeners, like, what is new or the changes that have been made you know sure I, I think one of the things that really has excited me the most uh, through this first year has been our success in the physician recruitment arena and uh, COVID really posed a lot of challenges to hospitals for the last two years in 2020 and 2021 but it also kind of loosened up the market a little bit on uh, physician recruitment with regards to people wanting to leave maybe larger busier metropolitan areas and kind of come to some more of those maybe a little quieter uh, community hospitals. So we have been really lucky uh, in being able to recruit specialists, and uh, the the one that was our first real recruit in at the beginning of the year in May was our gastroenterology or GI services. We had a real need. uh, While community GI services, you know, really are are very good, and there was uh, plenty of access, hospital-based GI services was very difficult and challenging, and we were actually transferring an awful lot of patients out because we did not have that service here available in the hospital. So we were successful in recruiting a very skilled gastroenterologist from out west, Dr. Clifford Carroll, and he joined us back in May and has helped really address our hospitalist GI service needs. Mm -hmm. And uh, he also is running an outpatient practice uh, for patients that choose to follow him. And uh, it's it's really just been a good service uh, and and really needed it to to be able to really care for patients in the community and not have to transfer them. We were also then very successful in recruiting a nephrologist. Uh, For several years, we have really tried to enhance our, our dialysis capabilities here. We used to do dialysis many years ago. And just frankly, because of resources, we were unable to continue that. And we had had many years of not providing the service. So Dr. Uh, Syracuse Anali joined us from uh, Atlanta, Georgia area, and he just joined us in October. And he has uh, started with a very busy practice on our fourth floor specialty clinic here at the hospital. And he is also seeing inpatient consults and developing an outpatient practice right now. And uh, it's really being well received. And he is just a a very um, welcoming individual Mm -hmm. and uh, (laughs) uh, just really does very good with the patients on an interaction level. And we have just uh, started our first dialysis patients last week under his direction. They went very well and uh, we continue to receive referrals. We do have a little bit of a limit on the service right now and that it's just chronic dialysis patients. Uh, We hope 
hopefully over the next year, we'll be able to get more to the acute care dialysis, mm-hmm. uh, patients that really need emergent level care. Right. But we have to start somewhere. We want to do it safely. And Dr. Anali is a great teacher and mm-hmm. I'm very comfortable under his direction. We're going we're gonna to get there. Right, right. Yeah. And so like, you know, those two services that you talked about, um, yes, you know, they, they do see outpatient, but it's also to provide that care when someone's in the hospital and needs that added attention, like a GI consult, correct? Correct. And a person that comes in for maybe something acute, not related to their kidneys, but they need dialysis while they're here. Correct. Right, in our inpatient uh, rehab unit. Correct. Just we're, um, we're so we actually started in our inpatient rehab um, for the chronic dialysis patients who also need rehab services. So it allows us to control the volume of patients coming in so that we don't take on more than we can at any right. one point. And uh, that's a real needed service because a lot of rehab facilities don't take dialysis patients because it usually involves having to transport them to an outpatient center. And we, that's just always not convenient when you're not feeling well. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we can bring dialysis and acute rehab service together is, is really a great asset to the community. And we have hospitals making referrals to us now when they're trying to discharge people after an acute care stay. But the challenge is they have to find a place that does dialysis and rehab. So we're filling that bill right now, and uh, it's really been a, a, a good move for us, and it's going to be a good move for our patients in the community. Right. And those two services that you just talked about, the GI and nephrology, um, kind of goes under the umbrella of our physician specialty clinics or centers, correct? Absolutely. Which we, also include? Uh, pulmonology. Uh, it includes cardiology, and we actually well, stop on that one for a moment. We've done a whole lot to expand our cardiology services. We have two interventional cardiologists uh, that service our facility extremely well. Um, they work some crazy schedules. They're, they're on seven <laughs> days and off seven days. They each rotate. They've been very dedicated. Uh, they come from very large healthcare institutions across the country. Both of their resumes are very long. One gentleman came from, from Walter Reed. Uh, the other gentleman is just so skilled, very well recognized in the cardiology community. Uh, we're lucky to have that level of specialty here at Wayne Memorial in Homesdale. Right. Uh, but we've also expanded that cardiology service to include uh, mid-level providers. Uh, we just recruited uh, Lori Jordan from a, uh, another local facility, and she has done a really good job. She has some special certifications in uh, heart failure and um, she is beginning to develop her patient load under the direction of the cardiologists that are, that are here. So we've done a, a really good job in expanding that service, and we actually are in the midst of signing another cardiologist who will be joining us next summer, and we will begin to do outreach in some of our outlying communities so that there'll mm-hmm. be more than just the fourth floor of the hospital. Right. And that's an ongoing project, right? Physician recruitment, we're always looking to expand different services. Absolutely, absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about our ED services or emergency department services? Because that had a change over this past year. It did. Uh, You know, we have done a lot of work since 2015, 2016 with the opening of our cardiac cath lab, becoming a primary stroke center, becoming a level four trauma center. We have seen the Uh, level of critical patients presenting to our emergency room go up each year and we really needed to up the services in the emergency room to match the type of patients that were arriving. So effective October 1st this year we went to a different model in the emergency room. All the physicians in the emergency room right now are board certified emergency room physicians. Historically here you did not need board certification in emergency medicine to work in the ER. You might have been an internal medicine doctor who had ER experience 
uh, general practice physician who had ER experience, but right now we have all physicians that are board certified in emergency medicine, which means all of their training and expertise is surrounding dealing with those life-threatening emergencies, as well as the, the regular routine items that come through the emergency mm-hmm. room. But it really has helped enhance all of those service lines by having those doctors here. We also made another change. Historically, the hospital has always contracted out the services of the emergency room providers. And for the first time, really in probably a very long time, mm-hmm. go back to the days of the private physicians maybe all taking their turn call in the emergency room. Right. Uh, Wayne Memorial is taking over the responsibility for the ER services. We're not contracting it out. We're contracting out some of the labor, but we are the ones who are really managing the, the group at this point. And that's kind of important and that's a difference. We no longer will have someone from the outside kind of telling us how we're supposed to run it, mm-hmm. how we're supposed to staff it. That's now become our responsibility. And as part of that, we actually have increased the number of providers that work in the emergency room. We went from a base of one and a half to two providers to three providers during the day. Um, And then we do ramp it down at night when volumes tend to be a little lower, but we actually added in this transition additional hours of uh, uh, mid-level providers who will work with the physician so that more time could be spent with patients and there's less of a rush. Uh, Unfortunately, because of the trifecta Mm -hmm. of, of COVID, flu, RSV, and uh, affecting all populations and age groups, depending on what, what diagnosis you're talking about, we haven't really seen the benefit of adding that extra provider because they've been somewhat busy. And uh, most ERs in the area are in the same boat we are. Right. I'm just really grateful mm-hmm. that we added an extra provider already because had we not, we really would have been in a, a worse condition. So I do expect as that right. levels out, those services will um, mm-hmm. you know, begin to turn around a little bit quicker. But we're real, we're real pleased. It's the front door of the hospital, and we are just really uh, been overall very satisfied with the services we're getting from this change. Right, right. Again, everything just to benefit and, and, and you know, continue the quality at Way Memorial Hospital. Um, any other changes with other services like, like surgical, um, things like that you're looking towards improving? Yes, actually, uh, in the surgery arena, we're actually to, looking to expand our surgical services. Um, we have been able to sign our first robotics trained surgeon, and uh, it is uh, Dr. Jennifer Rodriguez. She'll be joining us uh, next summer, and she too is coming from the south, so I don't know (laughs) if the temperature down there is getting a little warm and people are looking for the four seasons, but um, there's no shortage of coldness today to give them a little bit of a shock, but uh, she'll be joining us. She is um, very well seasoned in robotic surgery and will be helping us build our program here in in a community hospital and there is a change in the environment for robotic surgery to become more available in Mm -hmm. local communities typically uh, they may have been services that were only available at tertiary care centers and um, really once you get the skilled services of a surgeon who's uh, versed in it there's you know that that's the major piece and we actually are looking at some other surgeons right now that are interested in robotics to meaning not that they're interested they're already robotics trained right but they're looking for a place but will only come to a place that's got a robot right right so this will be a big step for us Mm -hmm. but i think it's a good one for the community and being able to provide that robotic service locally is going to be very important right and that's one thing you know i will have to say about way memorial hospital you know we're always looking to improve those technical services that improves the, the outcomes for patients and stuff like that, like adding a CT 
second CT scanner, right? This year and stuff like that, which is so important to our community. Absolutely. Again, just the addition of of the stroke uh, programs, the trauma program, having two CAT scanners available was really critical to then handle the volume so the patients weren't waiting in a single line to get to their CAT scan. Right. And that we're able to get those scans done in a timely manner and get them read. So yes, that was another big enhancement for this year. So, you know, um, again, you know, it's so, I think it's so nice and wonderful to share all this information with our community, but they've also been challenges, correct? Oh, just a few. <laughs> um, yeah, there's been a lot of, most of, most of the challenges, frankly, have been in the area of financial and staffing. Mm-hmm. And any one day, I could tell you one will topple the other. There's just a general shortage of medical personnel. Uh, but there's also, you know, continues to be shortage of just general labor pool. Hospital doesn't function on all medical personnel alone. Right. And we are heavy dependent on other professions, and, and labor uh, force is very important to maintaining all our services. So from housekeeping to dietary to our medical professionals, everything in between, it's been a challenge. And we are struggling like many other hospitals and healthcare systems in the area to get that. The financial constraints, uh, it's very challenging. You know, post-COVID, a lot of business has you know, come back, but there's still a very good portion that has not returned. And we're seeing that people not necessarily following up with their preventative health mm-hmm. is problematic because when they do present to us, they really are kind of sicker than they probably should be. So not only are we faced with the labor challenges, but we're faced with patients that are a little bit sicker because mm-hmm. they haven't been following up where they need to. So there's financial constraints with caring for more critically ill patients. And then there's the labor pool of finding them. But uh, declining reimbursements are a challenge as well. A lot of programs that have been in place for the last two years uh, have gone away. And uh, we're still required to maintain those services mm-hmm. with you know, a little less funding there. So we're always looking for ways to try to augment that funding and uh, you know, try to improve the services. But you can't always improve the services if you can't come up with the finances to do that. So our hospital sits in a very good position financially and we have been able to invest in areas, start new programs, and really now it's just a matter of balancing those finances as these programs get online. But it's good that we have good startup money and, mm-hmm. and we can kind of uh, push ahead, but it's no less a challenge every day to right. try to keep those books balanced. Right, but you know, like one thing I want, I, you know, I want to kind of point out what you said. You know, we're here for the community. We're not going anywhere, right? No, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> uh, you know, our hospital financially has been very stable for a very long time, and all healthcare institutions and hospitals across the country are losing tons of money. Right, Wayne Memorial is not going to be immune to that. The difference here, though, is we have put aside a rainy day fund. We have the resource to weather the storm, and as long as we do that in a wise manner. Um, we're going to be okay, and I'm really not worried about that. It would be a much different position if we weren't so sound and we weren't so well-seated that we would be facing these challenges with a lot less confidence. So I am comfortable that with the continued support of the community that we have always received, that we can really weather the storm through. Right, and and I totally go for that because I want to retire from here, and I'm not ready yet, but when I do, I want to be from Way Memorial Hospital, that's for sure. Well, I'm not ready to retire either, so (laughs) I think we probably have a mutual uh, interest Right, right. Well, you know, Jim, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, Finally got you on the show. (laughs) Got your one-year anniversary. Um, Really, thank you for, um, you know, 
providing all the services and, and working with all of us here at my Memorial Hospital, our whole community. It's a great team, Carol, and, and it really does take a village to make this a successful operation. And uh, we've had a lot of growth through the year, a lot of recovery time coming out of it, but we could not do it without our staff, without the community support, without the support of our board and our volunteers, because it really takes every component and every group to really make this, this a successful organization. Right. So, you know, Happy New Year's to you and your family, um, and Happy New Year to all the listeners out there. Absolutely. Happy New Year. Wishing everyone well, health, and safety. Again, this is Carol Kanier. Thank you for listening, and have a great day.